Welcome to Living the Dream Outdoors, the official podcast of Living the Dream Outdoor Properties. We live by the motto, it's not just land, it's a lifestyle. And we live the outdoor lifestyle every day. Whether you're a landowner or dreaming of joining the ranks of those closest to the earth, we're your brothers and sisters of the outdoors. We hunt, we fish, we're stewards of the land, and our Living the Dream team will show you the way to enjoying the land and all the outdoor pursuits it has to offer. Here's your host, Bill Cooper. Welcome back to Living the Dream Outdoors. It's not just land, it's a lifestyle. We're having a great time here in the studio today. We've got good old buddy in here, Frank Cox from... Smokerbuilder.com. You, know you know what I think about every time that I get sitting and talking with you? I hate You can't tell that over the radio. Yeah, I'm going to let it out. So back in the day, do you remember that uh, uh, you had a guy, you had a, a feller up here living with you up here for a little while uh, from Arkansas, and you guys was out, I don't know, somewhere around Depardos or something, and uh, you shot that wild hog. Remember oh, that? had been Ron. Yeah, maybe I don't know. But, yeah, uh, I saw. I remember uh, you brought that little pig up there because uh, the processor wouldn't touch it. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, <laughs> so well, I learned. Take away from learned her. quite a lesson. <laughs> I had no idea. I walked into this processor. I used to live at UPS, and I walked into his office, and I, I said, I've got a wild hog in it back in the. Back of the pickup outside. Can you can you process that for me? His eyes immediately got yeah. about the size size of nine inch dinner plates. You know, he said, "No, I can't." There's a there's a FDA inspector. Yeah, inspector <laughs> in the building. And, uh, it's illegal even to have them on the property. You know. Yeah. So, Boy, all his gravel wound up was stacked up beside his building. We left there smashed. So, would you take it to Frank's and he put it yeah, on? The we, yeah, we wound up cleaning that thing up, and uh, very cool. Uh, I think you skinned it out, and we wrapped it in oh, bacon. I, don't remember. And, and I just I'd, remember about eat, eating it. Yeah, we put some injection in it, and boy, them things is, is uh, there ain't a lot of fat on them. No, <laughs> so what, you, what you wrapped it in bacon and then uh, oh. threw the pig away and ate the bacon. Yeah, right? you know, almost. <laughs> <laughs> we, we tried hard. Uh, I tell you. I tell you for sure, it wasn't as good as the pigs that Frank yeah. usually oh, deals yeah. with, but it wasn't bad. It well, wasn't you bad. get a Duroc pig. That's my favorite. Yeah. Duroc or Brookshire, and sometimes you can get a cross of them, too. And, oh, my goodness. Well, you have this story about the best pork I ever had. <laughs> That's a funny story. There was a little bit of peach moonshine involved. <laughs> but uh, anyway, I forgot it was on the cooker. and uh, The peach moonshine? No, the pig. <laughs> well, I had a whole front shoulder. I actually bought it from Tom's Processing down there in uh, – uh-huh. Meat market down there in St. Robert, best. Oh my goodness, that pork was good. Yeah, mm. but I forgot it was on there, and that's probably why it was so good. And it was a whole shoulder. <laughs> yeah, it was a whole shoulder. The, so you didn't mess with it. So the, it turned out perfect, I guess. <laughs> well, yeah, we we put our time into prep, you know. Right, and right, Got right, it on there, right. and then fed that cooker all afternoon. And the cooker, you know, at our gatherings, we never shut the pit off. It just keeps running, right. you know. And uh, then I was like, oh, wait a minute, you know. But then that's the one where you pull it off and you set it on the table. And you got your glove on, you know, because we all wear a glove. And then you just reach in and just grab a handful, like bark and all, and then you set that on the sandwich on mm-hmm, the bun. Mm-hmm. And then your buddy had some coleslaw from the earlier in the day, and you take a little bit of that and put it on top, and you smack it down. That is the best 
pull you know, raise it high because it's you got to be proud of it. This is the best pulled <laughs> raise pork sandwich. Raise it up over your head, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And proudly declare this is the best pulled pork sandwich I have ever had in my life. I'm slobbering on my microphone. Now again. the peach the peach moonshine probably had a bit to do with it. <laughs> that uh, helps, right? That helps. <laughs> oh, anyway. peach. Oh, well, we you get, you know, you passed a jar. Where do we get sure. the peach moonshine from? I know where to get the pig from well, now, but where do you get the peach moonshine? I can't disclose the location. It was in Louisiana. That's all I can tell you. Okay. Here we go. Oh, on the way like, down. It's our Cajun show. Oh, on yeah. the way down to the swamps. You have to yeah. make a stop. Yeah. My grandpa Cooper was famous for it. He always kept a half pint of peach brandy in his back pocket. And and it uh, about did him in one day. Grandma called after he moved into town. She called my dad crying. What's the matter? What's the matter? Walter been out there sipping that peach brandy stuff, and he rocked off the back porch. <laughs> <laughs> He's upside down. <laughs> yeah. Anyway. Well, well Frank, what uh, what temperature is the smoker at? What is so it just like it's so this is where we get into like some some myth busting here is that really it's it's the same as your oven like you would cook the same way in your smoker as you would in your oven if you're going to do a, a a roast at 225 in the oven and just slow cook it all you know while you're at church whatever you're going to for as far as running the cooker it's just an oven the only difference is is that you're the thermostat because you have to control temperature and you're also the one that has to feed it fuel. So you're giving it wood, charcoal, whatever. But as far as your cooking technique, you can duplicate the exact same result practicing in your oven, cooking a pork butt or a brisket or ribs or whatever, three, two, one method. You're just not going to get the same result that you would out of the out of the smoker. Because like when wood burns or charcoal burns, you're getting particles and things from the fire and the fuel and, and all of that that sure. actually adds to the flavor and the texture of the meat. Mm-hmm. You know, and then the reaction of the rub, and we're sweating proteins out and things like that, and that gives that smoke ring. Yeah. Yeah. And so yeah. the beauty of these ugly drum smokers is is the tight temperature control you can keep on them, right? You you literally could have that thing running at your house, go to work, and come home, and it would still be running at the exact same temperature wow. when you left. Is yeah. that is that any kind? I mean, is that whether it's wood, charcoal, pellet, well, or whatever? Or the drum does, smokers only burn charcoal. Only and charcoal. You put just a little bit of wood. In hey, there. this is smoking for dummies. I got to tell you. Oh, yeah, I, they, I need this. this no, is, yeah. no electronics involved. You don't need it. They I, work better without it. them. Yeah, you know, the, the, we have our what we call the draft master system. You can see it at smokerbuildermfg.com. Um, anyway, not to plug myself there. No, but, no, go ahead. But uh, anyway, that gets, one that gets me more meals. Keep it up. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, the uh, uh, these drum smokers, you just put about 15 pounds of charcoal in a basket, set it in the bottom of there. You just we call it top lighting. You light the top of that charcoal and it burns downward like a fuse basically for the mm. entire time you're cooking Very you cool. set how much air can get in the barrel and you mm-hmm. let all of it come out and then you're controlling temperature by how much air can get to the fire and so it just burns out true story uh, when i was testing the what we call the draft master system after we came up with it that it's a combination of different pieces inside the cooker that control the airflow and uh, I, my first burn was 38 hours on 15 pounds of charcoal. Wow. Now, there was no cooking on that burn, but so we don't like say you can duplicate that, but I can duplicate that. <laughs> so, That's amazing. That amazing. But a, a typical burn time on lump charcoal is about 18, 20 hours of cooking. Uh-huh. Hmm. Well, I, I quite often, and I'm overdoing it. I, I can see that clearly from what you're saying. But one of the first things I ever cooked on mine was about an eight or nine pound bear roast. Oh, yeah. Yeah, oh, I took wow. that roast, I injected it, man, I rubbed it, left a, quite a bit of the fat on it. 
put it on that smoker, all just covered it with bacon, man. Mm-hmm. And I have to admit, it's hard for me not to peek. I know you're <laughs> kind of messing up, but boy, I, I just like to look at the various stages. Yeah. So I did get into it two or three times in a day, but I left it on for nine hours. And yeah. when I broke that thing up, and was I ever shocked at the beautiful color of that thing, mm-hmm. that golden brown bacon. And and when I sliced into that, that bear was still just a little better than the medium rare, but that's mm-hmm. what you want. That's perfect. All yeah. the bear fat was gone. Mm-hmm. The bacon fat had been drawn down into that thing, and then the effect of the I used hickory chips on that that mm-hmm. thing, and and I injected with apple juice ever so often. Oh yeah. And I tell you what, I lay a hundred dollar bill down with it against the finest roast beef you've ever eaten. Yeah, I, yeah, you know, I, I, one I like beef bear. I like bear. Oh, I do a, too. Lot of, a lot of guys yeah. won't. You know, I want to mess with it. But well, I, 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 they, they should have been there. I, I <laughs> saved enough to this and passed it around to folks. Mm-hmm. And gosh. Uh, I'm surprised they're not bringing me bears. So what was that, a shoulder or a roast? No, it was a rump roast. Rump roast. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Sounds great. So what temperature was that for nine hours? Oh, it was at about, it, it ranged, uh, stayed around 200, 250. Okay. I don't think I ever got over 250. But I, I didn't burn up. But about half of my charcoal, I discovered that, you know. So, and I actually cooked some pork steaks and stuff, and threw some fish on it after I took that. Oh off yeah, and I took it off about midnight. So that drum smoker, that'd be a good one to start with. Frank, that's a that's a really good one to start with because okay. the, the one thing that you want to keep in mind, you know, if if you're new to, to cooking with live fire, we'll just say it that way. If you're new to cooking with live fire, the last thing you want to do is have to sit out there when you got a bunch of company and fret and yeah, worry about exactly. your pit running, you know. So a lot of guys, they settle out for like a pellet cooker. Mm-hmm. So, you know, a pellet cooker is okay. It's not a big deal. But you're just not going to get the same kind of a result that you would with, uh, you know, cooking on a stick burner, what we call a stick burner, which is any kind of a cooker that burns, you know, wood and uh, or like charcoal. Now, the the other thing we say when you're like your question earlier about right. where should you start, you know the other thing we we think about is 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 uh, what kind of fuel are you going to have uh, readily available to you, um, you know if like if you've got ten acres and you got all kinds of wood and you know oak and hickory and stuff like that that's great, but if you live in the city it might be harder for you to come up with wood without buying it, you know so then you start looking at the differences between the different styles of cookers. But also, if you're cooking with wood, your maintenance on the fire is going to be a lot more regular. Like you can set a, your watch to it if you if the pit's built right. Uh-huh. But uh, uh, 45 minutes or so, you'll wind up putting one or two splits on the pit. You know, okay. okay, small yeah. splits. Yeah, you ruined my wood since I I bought the smoker, man. You know, I had just a handful of wild cherry trees on that thing. Well, a couple of them had bit the dust. You know, laying on the ground, let them dry for a while. I tell and, oh, you, that's that, great stuff to smoke with. That's an awesome combination. That's my favorite. Favorite is uh, cherry and hickory. Like you just get old wild cherry tree and split it up and, and wow, cut it 50 cool. 50 yep. with hickory. Yeah, let it dry out good first. And you can add the saying. wood to the one that does the charcoal too. Yeah, yeah, a little bit. Yeah. Little, I do a little. If you watch our YouTube channel, you'll see there's a few videos on there about how to do it. But I do a, a, a split. Like I take a, a split of wood that's maybe, you know, 10 inches long or so and, uh, you know, maybe three or four inches in diameter. And I split that into little one inch strips long ways. And then you set those vertically in the charcoal basket in the corners and they burn like a fuse. 
because what happens if you put the wood right on top of the fire, you're not going to have accessibility to that fire during your cook, so it's hard to add more wood. So if you put it in there vertically, it'll burn down. Oh, that sounds pretty yeah. cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but i got to kick your shins a little bit. You know, yeah. you used to be located in St. James. I did. And me being a great food connoisseur that I am, <laughs> I could smell it six miles away at my you house. Down there, yeah, you? yeah <laughs> these guys were always cooking. So yeah. I'd kind of slide in there. Mm-hmm. Once in a while, I wasn't above begging either. You know, well, this food was what's, what's going on, you fellas? Was yeah. it one of those deals? Yeah, I just thought yeah. I'd stop by. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You could always see the smoke rolling. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and these guys just—I mean, it wasn't just you know an afternoon cook off for a meal that evening. These guys cooked breakfast quite often. Oh yeah, we, uh, every what, Thursday. What was a dish you cooked in back well, then? Well, that's a disco, is what yeah. we call it, but it's actually a plow disc off a tractor. So we take a <laughs> we take a plow disc. I got some broken equipment. I'm going to see what you can make out of it. <laughs> I got a bunch of those, yeah. <laughs> so repurposing is a big part of barbecue, you know. You repurpose all the things you have laying around. And I didn't make this up. There's an old boy down in Mexico. We called him Kill Switch because everybody on the, <laughs> on the forums have to have a really cool name, you know. And yeah. his name was Kill Switch, and he introduced us to the disco, and uh, what that is actually called is a discada. Discada. And you make them out of plow discs, or what they used to be made out of, but it's basically just a southwest version of a, of a walk, right. you know, oh, like okay. to cook fajitas yeah. stuff yeah. in. And we made a thing in that called Dirty Eggs, and we only called them dirty because it's being cooked in a plow disc. <laughs> so, but Dirty Eggs is I was, just... I was wondering what that red stuff was, that good old red Ozark soil. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> so on that plow disc, Frank, is it, uh, like, I mean, most of the time they're older and they're rusty. Yeah. What do you, how do you build one So of a lot of times we would actually buy them, you know, uh-huh. on the rare occasion we would get like you know when when somebody's changing out all the discs on their tractor they right. bring one up you know or whatever drop it off sandblast it grind hit it with a grinder you know and make one out of it it's just basically handles and a little rim around it and you're in business you, you know you just throw it on the grill then or what? you could do it um i i have a little I, on one of mine i made i made it specifically for doing on my uh offset Mm-hmm. And I put a, a stand underneath of the disc in the middle. Okay. That way it'll sit up vertically. But, you know, they got that disc shape to them. So you kind of use, like you'll see my turkey deep fryers, I always cut them little ribs, the, the you know, the gussets that are in the middle of that. I always cut those out because my disc sits in there better. Uh, <laughs> this guy's quite the inventor. But I, I, I got to one-up you here, you know. Okay. I, I'm a bit of an inventor myself. I was out at Jim DePardo's Lake Fishing several years ago, and uh, Jim was with me, and that's always a – a carnival, you know, <laughs> yeah. when Jim comes along. But we managed, we got into these huge bluegill, man. I just couldn't stand it. Jim will usually throw things back in, you know, but I had to cook some of those things up. And he was hungry, too. I'd kept oh, him yeah. out there long enough. So he decided he'd eat a few fish, too. He said, you got stuff to cook these fish in? I said, no, I don't even have anything to clean them with, but surely we can get this done, you know. <laughs> and there's no junk bile over there not too far. And I went and dug around. And I found some old mason jar lids. I took one of them, sharpened that rascal on a rock, scaled them, gutted Oh, yeah. Beheaded the fish, you know, got them cleaned up, ready to cook. He said, well, what are you going to cook and cook them in? I went back to the junk pile, and I found a f- old Ford hubcap. It's just like <laughs> a little boat. And it was oh, pretty yeah. good shape. Yeah. So he had a grill down there. We built a little fire through the hot uh, hubcap on there and just put a little water in there. It's all I had, yeah. you know, just kind of steamed those fish a little bit. We had fish on the lake. Bank. That, you can't beat that. No. Hub, yeah. Hubcap fish. Yeah. yeah. But, <laughs> but, you know, I, I and I have written recipes for now, this now. I don't care so much about the recipes. You know, you do it a lot of different ways, but it has to be a Ford hubcap. <laughs> Al Morgan, I hope you're listening. <laughs> so, 
<laughs> yeah. Any other maker just won't do the fish. Oh, right. no, it'll poison <laughs> you. <laughs> right on. But back to Smoker Builder, yeah. you got some great things going over yep. there. And and could a guy sneak in the back door over there? You still cooking pretty often? Oh, yeah. You, I'm getting skinny. So <laughs> so a little little hint, you know, it's just Tom and I there in the building. You know, we have other employees, but they don't work at the building. And uh-huh. uh, anyway, so when you come up there, if that top door is locked, usually the shipping and receiving door is open. Then you can uh-huh. just kind of peek on in there and we'll get to talking about barbecue or whatever, sell you a pit for you leave. I'm, I'm not coming over to talk. I'm coming over to eat, man. Yeah, you, you, well, we, we talk, always say. We talk after we eat. Well, we always say, if, you see, if you're driving by and you see smoke rolling, stop. Because uh-huh. one of two things is going on. Either we're cooking or the building's on fire. <laughs> it could be either one. So just either way, just stop. Well, just I stop. got a good excuse to come over. My, my veterinarian is right down the hill from you, and my cat's overdue. So I may be showing up pretty soon. There you go. <laughs> Frank, I do have a question. Yes, the guy's sir. looking to get one of your smokers. I mean, mm-hmm. what what is it that they're looking for? Mm-hmm. I mean, especially if you've never really got into that heavy, which I know you do. And, um, you know, we used to listen to the show all the time, me and my wife. And, and mm-hmm. But the smoking side of it, we never really got into. So what do you what would you look for so, in your first smoker? That's a great question. Um, so... We always like Spearman taught me back when on the radio show. He he said, you know, the military. We always start at the at the finished result product that we want and work backwards. So I would recommend that you start thinking about what kind of food do you want to cook, mm-hmm. how much food do you want to cook, how often do you want to cook, and then go backwards from there because you're going to start asking yourself questions like, what kind of fuel do I have readily accessible? Wood, pellets, charcoal, sure, and then keep working yourself backwards until you decide that well, a stick burner works best for me, and I kind of want it to be. You know, big enough to roll around the house, like a 24 diameter, 48 inch long sounds like a giant pit for your backyard. But for uh, for cooking a lot of food, it's pretty small, actually. So, But that okay. pit weighs about 1,600 pounds. Oh, my gosh. So, really? yeah. well, if we build it. <laughs> so, sure, sure. i got a tractor. <laughs> yeah. So you may not be too practical for moving that thing around the house. Right. You know? sure. So we kind of take into consideration some of those options. I'm going to have to reinforce my deck, I yeah. guess. <laughs> so, so something like if you're cooking a brisket, just let, let's right. say that you're just cooking for your family or maybe a small group of friends, and you're going to do a brisket for this weekend for Sunday dinner or something. And, uh, you know, you really could cook that on a pretty small cooker, you know, something like a, uh, uh, you know, 20 diameter, 36 long is plenty cooker for that, you know, Mm -hmm. and you could do an offset using that. Or one of our other ones that we love is these drum smokers. Bill's had one for a lot of years. Oh, love it. And then then barrels are 55 gallon drums and we buy them brand new. You don't have to worry about no contaminants or nothing in them. Exactly. Exactly. I got to tell you, give you one serious tip, though. Put a sign on whatever you buy from Frank. Do not touch. Don't touch. <laughs> yeah. Will it get oh, real hot or something? No, no. Frank had, want to take it? had fixed this. Oh, beautiful. All these decals on it. I mean, it was paint a job. A paint and... job, work of art. Just got it home, and Diane had left for the weekend. Well, there were a couple boys left at the house. Uh, they didn't understand what a smoker was. And I come home. <laughs> it's sitting on the front porch, and it really looks sad. All the paint had slid down the side. Decals are laying on the concrete. These boys had they were going to roast something, I guess. They yep. built a huge fire in that yeah. smoker. It's, you know? oh. it's not a grill. It's, it's a, not. A, it's a smoker. Yeah, but <laughs> I had more fun out of that. I explained to these boys that this. Uh, $750 smoker. I'm up to price a little bit, Frank, for effect, you know, there that you th- this was a loaned item that I had not purchased this. <laughs> and I said, uh, boys, perhaps you guys need to stop buying 
talk to Mr. Cox. Uh, <laughs> he probably has 10,000 acres of rocks that you can pick up or something. <laughs> I let them sweat for about two weeks. Before. I kept I kept gouging the boys. Have you ever gone by to see Frank to make arrangements to somehow pay for this? Almost thousand. It's up to a thousand dollars now. Thousand dollar smoker. You know? a Ten thousand dollar smoker. Boys. <laughs> I, I tell you, I, I never seen two boys sweat so much. And finally, Diane got on me, made me fess up and tell the truth. You know? <laughs> but Frank did repaint yeah, it for yeah, you. I got to yeah. It to him. He, yeah. Boy, I was oh, I was sad, man. My beautiful cooker. Yeah, the drum cookers. You got to be careful because if you ever seen rocket stoves, you know a lot of your listeners being in outdoors. I'm oh, sure yeah. they've heard of them, and and uh, you know you get that chimney effect going with that barrel. Then it fires way down in the bottom of it, and mm-hmm. it can. I've seen flames six foot tall coming out. Of oh my wow. You just you just got to keep the lid closed. <laughs> yeah, that, that, if you're looking, you ain't cooking. That's what we want. Well, how much of those way those barrel ones? So oh, the empty much. barrel, the empty barrel that we use now is. 52 pounds okay. before we do anything to it. By the time it's done, it weighs about 160 to 180 pounds. Okay. So we got little dolly carts and stuff like that that we manufactured just for these to well, roll Well, man, around I must have built thing. up some muscle. I'll roll my, roll my around <laughs> well, pretty good. Back in the day, they weren't that heavy. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, new deal, I see. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah, yeah. Frank Cox has always got a new, new deal. You can count on that. This guy's, I don't think he ever sleeps. He's an innovator supreme. What that's we for say? sure. Eight days a week, eight to late. <laughs> so, <laughs> I think you're doing it, man. I'm Bill Cooper with Living the Dreams Outdoors. The Living the Dream Outdoors podcast is brought to you by Cowtown USA, Alps Outdoors, Cardiac Mountain Outfitters, The Fly Rod Journals, Westover Farms, Scenic Rivers Taxidermy, and Living the Dream Outdoor Properties. Land ownership is the American dream. Land is the basis of all life. Our wise use of this most precious of resources ensures the survival and growth of free institutions and our American way of life. At Living the Dream Outdoor Properties, we value the traditions and freedoms that land provides us. Every day we seek the solace of a mountain sunrise over traffic jams and smog, the calming silence of a bubbling stream over the sirens of the city and the quiet of the countryside over the hustle and bustle of the world. We hunt, we fish, we farm. We live off the land. It's our mission to help our clients live out their dreams on the land as we do. At Living the Dream Outdoor Properties, we believe that it's not just land, it's a lifestyle. Join us five days a week on Living the Dream Outdoor Podcast as the Living the Dream Outdoor Dream Team explores the most desired outdoor properties in the Midwest and whisks you away to incredible hunting, fishing, and outdoor recreation opportunities. Host Bill Cooper, an inductee of the National Freshwater Fishing Hall of Fame, will be joined by members of the Living the Dream Outdoors team each week as they tell tall tales, unveil tips and tactics, and rub elbows with some of the biggest names in the outdoor world. You'll also find the Living the Dream Outdoors podcast on your favorite social media platforms, including Facebook, YouTube, Instagram, and TikTok.